0: There's a difference between polyamory and like an orgy.
1: Which was really like life changing because it was the first time that I had ever been with another guy while I was married.
0: Again, polyamory is about growing together. You know, it's about respecting each other and also pushing each other. And for me, it's just more like expressing who we are more openly.
1: This is just about unconditional love. I'm in a place in my relationship with my husband where my love for him is so unconditional. And part of that is not limiting each other sexually. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Steve Ja. He is one of my best friends in the world. He moved to Medellin, Colombia in 2019 and founded Feed the Barrios. It's an emergency food relief community-led organization and they've served over 200,000 meals in the last year and a half. Steve has no filter, so I'm excited to field these questions on jealousy and being open. I feel like I've had many threesomes where, you know, everyone is like mutually included. Um, At least like every threesome that I've had with Pasha has had a ton of balance. Um, And I actually always ask, you know, women sort of, I'm not like, hey, can you give us feedback? But, you know, having relationships with, you know, uh, certain girls for an extended period of time um, have, have always gotten really great it's funny, I was going to say reviews, but it's true. Um, where they feel like very much cared for and seen, even though like we're primary partners. Um, and I've had a couple, three, some experiences where they weren't the best. Like there was one where I felt like a guy was much more interested in me than his girlfriend. Um, and so then I felt like I was overcompensating sexually to like include her. Um, but I think that there's so much opportunity to have like a really healthy balance. I mean, a triangle, if you think about it, is like the strongest shape in geometry. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I have a quick question. Is it like, I know you've addressed this before, but it's 50-50, like you like men just as more much as women or is is it like-
1: Great question. Um, I think that I never even imagined that I would have romantic feelings for a woman, to be honest with you. I thought I was like visually bisexual and I really enjoyed having sex with women, but um, it wasn't until, you know, I met, um, the woman who i you know, was in a relationship with for two years that I actually had those romantic feelings. And it shocked me. Like I thought that, you know, she and Pasha sort of fell into intimacy and I was so happy for them. And then, you know, when I realized that she was attracted to me and also curious, I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll take this ride. I love it. Cause I thought, you know, she's beautiful and smart and like so amazing. And then very quickly, I developed these romantic feelings, which really shocked me. Like, truth be told, I was like, oh my God, does this, what does this even mean? So I think that it's, I think that it's a little bit more maybe like 60, 40, 70, 30, even. I'm much more attracted to men when it comes to intimacy. Um, But I've also not given myself the chance to date other women that way and like actually date them. Um, And I do think women are like much more beautiful in a lot of ways. Like I always feel bad because, you know, I joke with Pasha. I'm like, nobody really wants to see like a naked guy. And I'm sure there are many women who are like, you're absolutely wrong. Everybody wants to see naked men. But if you just think about the body aesthetically, like women have just such a gorgeous form. And so I'd like to allow myself to date more women and see if it's possible and see if it is really 50 50. Um, but I would, I would say that I'm a bit more attracted to men.
0: Yeah. A, a man's like body is more utilitarian, right? It's it's not really, and then it's hairy and all these kind of things. As I get older, I'm, I'm starting to notice that I have to shave everywhere and stuff like that. And it's just terrible, you know? But I'm only going to mention this because um because you and and someone else mentioned this, and he found his first white uh pubic hair, and I found my first one, and i was- I was very depressed, I was very depressed, I was like, oh my god, and i I went back to when you were telling me the story, and I was like, Fuck, you know, but yeah, there's always something interesting that that you said to me, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say it on here or something, but you were talking about you know, the third in your relationship or the first or second or whatever it is, the third, that other person that you kind of want her to find her other soulmate. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember you told me that. And Mm -hmm. like, where are you at? Where are you guys at with that now?
1: Yeah. Um, I very much, and you can really ask anything. Um, she, she will be coming on the show later in the season. And I'm really excited to, uh, share that part of my life. Um, but for now we won't name names um she very much wants her own partner and she's dating um we are not so much um like we're not calling each other girlfriend anymore um just because i think that that term also came with a bit of like not baggage but we're much more about sort of polyamory polyamory and freedom when it comes to that third person i definitely feel very confident that she'll meet her person she does want to date a man and get married and have kids um i think that she also never realized that she could have a romantic attraction for a woman and so we're so much in the best friend realm and we work together so it's it's sort of like you know our relationship is very fluid and i love it that way i love the fact that we you know we work together and it's very easy and we have like really you know minimal boundaries with each other and we like champion each other's lives so when she does meet somebody that she likes um and she is dating right now somebody that she's really into and they have amazing chemistry like that makes me so happy because i want to see her fulfilled and i know that you know similar to me whereas like i love being married to a man and i do want to have um a family you know and not that i need a man to have a family but that's like what i desire i know that's what she desires too and you know we've talked about it like hoping that you know she meets her person and like we've joked like well, is he going to like me <laughs> but um because i'm get, we're going to be in each other's lives forever and not meaning like sexually um but just meaning the fact of like accepting this lifestyle that she's chosen to sort of be a part of this relationship of this triad for a while um because we're we're so entwined in each other's lives and i don't really ever see that sort of not happening anymore. So yeah, it makes me really happy to think about her finding her person. Um, Because I, I love the idea that she could have like a lot of love in her life. Um, The more open and the more I sort of discover that I'm truly polyamorous, it's like, don't limit the amount of people that you're, you know, in love with or can love um, because love truly only expands from my point of view, it doesn't subtract or divide or take away from anything.
0: It's kind of strange that you're saying that, because I think that's one of the things that people miss of the context of like polyamory is like, you know, you're growing together with everybody in that mm-hmm. relationship, right? Everybody just looks at it as just sex or something like that. And actually looking back on it while you're talking, I was like, huh, every girl that I've had, uh, the girls that I've had threesomes with they were actually pretty close friends. You know, there was a big trust between those two girls when they were there. Like, I've never been the type of guy at a club that can just pick two two girls and just bam, magic.
1: No, I mean, I think that, you know, from my experience, that's happened to me a lot. Like I've had, I've had many sexual experiences with women, um, but most of the ones that have sort of extended or carried on to be like consistent or casual, either were some of my good friends or people that you know we did meet once and um you know if it was like meeting another woman um and then like really enjoying their company and staying friends and like hanging out and doing things that were a bit more platonic um and then going back and like enjoying more sexual experiences um but that's also what I I like and I need I need chemistry like even if I'm dating another guy I'm going to want there to be intimacy and chemistry. Like I want to date. I'm not just going to be like the hookup person. Although like that's great from time to time. And it's not like I've never done it, but I've done it a few times enough to know that it's not my preference. Um, and I think that women do get to be a bit more selective, I think, because, you know, it's just the way it is. You know, it's it's at least the one thing that we have like going for us in this game of men versus women and like open sexuality. Um, But, you know, that does mean that we can, I think, choose the people that we have a bit more chemistry with. And at least this is generalizing. But for a lot of men, like they feel like if someone's interested in them, they're probably going to hook up with them. I mean, would you say that that's kind of the case?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think I'm a little different where like I have a lot of female friends, so I'm not sexually attracted. To, to like, like, you know, some of our best friends, like I'll walk in on them naked, and I'm like, oh shit, like, and I run out because mm-hmm. I'm just not attracted that way, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that's the thing that I really want to the audience to know is that there's a difference between polyamory and like an orgy, mm-hmm. you know, like it, there's a big difference, like, and that's what I'm learning from you. And I've never really thought about it, right? Because to me, a, a threesome is very cumbersome, right? It's like, oh, I have to give these two people attention and stuff like that so you know my my choice is always monogamous right Mm -hmm. and i'm very strange in the sense that even when i'm dating is that i don't want to be monogamous like you know single partner like i consider myself to think that you know we as humans want and lust after uh, other people right Mm -hmm. and but the thing is is in all my relations i've probably I, i i've been monogamous which is kind of like weird right you know and so I know LA is notorious for those orgy parties. It's like what is the difference between those kind of parties and, you know, the like the threesome or the polyamory thing?
1: Yeah, great question. So, I think that whenever you're going to an orgy, it doesn't mean that or like a sex party, we'll call it. It doesn't mean that everyone in the room is polyamorous um or ethical like non-monogamy. You could have people in the room who, I mean, you don't know, come from all different walks of life. Some people might be um, non monogamous, but their partner doesn't know. So it's sort of like not consensual. Um, you might have people in the room that only, you know, play sexually with other people and they only play together with their partner um, present. So they're not really open to having, you know, romantic feelings or like an emotional involvement with other people. Um, but I would say that you know, all polyamorous people could end up at an orgy. So it's like um, different, different people have different relationship styles, have different boundaries and preferences. And everyone's like somewhere different on their journey, right? You know, Pasha and I started out as like strictly like, this is really fun. I want to have another threesome with you. And like, we just kept doing that until we felt sort of safe and grounded and checked in a lot on like, Jealousy and how things felt um, in the beginning, and then we opened up to being open and to dating other people without the other person present. And um, now it's just like a comfortable, very limited boundary situation that we have.
0: So, I guess is, would you ever join an orgy?
1: Um, what makes you think I haven't? <laughs> um, I've definitely been to a couple sex parties. I've been to the dome at Burning Man. Like you know this.
0: And the three rooms, the three room is, it, the three room is, is, uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the three room, like you would never go.
0: Uh, oh, you know how it's separated?
1: Mm-hmm. I do.
0: <laughs> and then the last one, not for me.
1: Wait, the last one is like where, okay. So what I know is like you walk in and there's, um, an area for people to mingle, but there's like no play happening and people can meet and sort of like, you know, I think you can kiss in there and you can like conversate. And then there's, you walk down the hall and there's a room to the left. That's like for just us, where you're playing solely with your partner, um, but you're in a room with other people. So there might be other couples or other threesomes. Um, You have to obviously go in, you know, and there's like a whole speech about consent um, at the door and an agreement and they make sure that everybody... Who's there is like wanting and willing and no one's like incapacitated, which is incredible. They've set like such a beautiful standard for this sort of play to make everybody safe. And I feel like having those safe, like grounded boundaries really allows people to open up a bit more because they also share that, like, um, if you're gonna approach anyone, it should be with an invitation, like, may I kiss you? Or would you like to join us? And then you know, they they almost have you practice and exercise your no at the front door, like a polite no, and to always use your no if you're not feeling that chemistry. Um, and I think that makes people so much more comfortable and free in there to really express their boundaries and hold them. And then to like do things that they have maybe never tried before and fantasized about. And then, so yes, the third room, the room on the right is where it's, you know, for more where you're open to being approached um with those invitations and that you're also likely going to approach other people in the room if you're attracted to them burning man's actually where i had my very first um experience with another couple
0: i saw the third room and it was just a it looked like a football pileup and i was like whoa
1: really oh my gosh
0: and I turned around. So I, like, I was just like, no.
1: I've never seen it that crowded. Um, but we we tend to try to go um, earlier on. And we, like most other times that we've been in there, like the first time I ever went in, it was, I just went on the just us side. And I was like, I want to watch and I want to see other people having sex, but I don't want anyone to approach me. Um, and then had that experience with an incredible couple. Um, which was really like life-changing because it was the first time that I had ever been with another guy, um, while I was married. And then, um, the other times that I've been in there, we've brought in a partner with us and sort of stayed on the, the just us side and didn't play with anybody else.
0: You know, like that, that makes, that's interesting, right? Because I remember in college, I had a girlfriend and- This was my first experience with multiple women. And Mm -hmm. I remember it's like she had this one rule. She used to enjoy sitting and watching me get head, right? Mm -hmm. But she had the rule that they were never allowed to have uh, sex with me. But Mm -hmm. she used to get so turned on from just watching another girl give give me head.
1: Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's just like a strong boundary. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know this girl, but from that, it sort of makes me think that you know, maybe she was nervous that watching like a more sexual act, like intercourse would make her feel jealous or would trigger her. And so this was her way of like expressing these desires and these kinks and like wanting to see and get turned on without triggering any jealousy or anything that she could feel or would feel like would harm the relationship. So it was sort of like putting up those boundaries to keep her safe and to keep her Um, from feeling uncomfortable, which there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm a fan of test your boundaries and take away boundaries or rules or agreements. Once you feel safe enough to be able to work on what comes up, um, which is like what we've done over time and trying something and being okay with not liking it and then just not doing it again, if it's too much.
0: Yeah. You know, like I don't really consider like my experiences in college or when I was younger because a lot of times there was a lot of alcohol involved, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't really consider that like polyamory, right? Like I just I think it's just a good time, you know. I would liken that more to like an orgy, spur of the moment, inhibitions are down, bang, you know. Right. But but it's it's fascinating to me how like this can like coexist. I think there's a really famous movie like Jules and Jir, Germ- like or some I forget what it was, but it's about the threesome.
1: Wait, are you talking about Vicky Cristina Barcelona?
0: Maybe. I'm, that's the original one. But then there was a spinoff, a, a modern day one made of where there's a hotel. Po- there, The poster of that movie uh, is, is on the wall, you know, and it's just this. It, and it was two dudes and it was one woman and it was it was set in it was French. Right. Mm. And like it starts out where there's this like balance. And then all of a sudden, like the woman starts falling in love with another man more. And then all of a sudden this like chaotic. Uh, like chaos ensues.
1: Mm. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll find out the
0: name for you. Like I, it, it just, it just escapes my mind right now.
1: I'm curious. I want to watch it. Um, can yeah. you tell me a little bit more? Like what kind of chaos, like a ton of jealousy comes up or.
0: Yeah. So the, the other one tries to spend more time with them when they go on dates, he starts spying on them. Like it, it's just, it's just like, it was, it was more of an artistic movie, but it was like, he, he was just ruining the whole world. They They were ruining the whole thing. And she would see the other one behind his back and stuff like that. So, again, polyamory is about growing together. You know, it's about uh, respecting each other and also pushing each other. And I think that's the the part that a lot of people don't see is that. Now, I want to set some context, right? I think when I first moved to Medellin is people thought I was fake, right they thought i was fake they're like why is he doing these things what's going on like oh my god is there an ulterior motive is he running feed the barrios to to money launder like i was i was stuck in quarantine in a hostel with 40 people and they're just sitting there and they're all trying to figure out things and then they saw like me and you do a podcast together and they're like you know they're creeping on my social media something they're like your friends are like this and they're like what i remember this one 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 moment where you said, Yeah, isn't it crazy that all of our friends are like giving back to the community and doing these things? And then they're like, is that true? And I'm like, kind of. And they just Mm -hmm. couldn't fathom it, right? And I think that's that's the same thing. It's like people have this idea about polyamory or things. It's like this weird kind of like why is they doing this? They don't understand it and whatever. And for me it's just more like more about just expressing who we are more openly.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and to your, to what you were saying, I think people do think that it's evil. I think there are people in the world who might be extremely religious or, you know, whatever their beliefs are, this is not just fringe. This is not just taboo to them. Um, they think like it's inherently morally incorrect. Um, and it's a bummer because we're, you know, a bunch of pretty normal people. Granted, they're like, Sexual deviance everywhere, even in monogamous culture. You know, and in in monogamy, it's really not true monogamy because something like sixty percent of monogamous people have cheated on their partner. Um, and so, this is you know, this is just about unconditional love. To be honest, I'm in a place in my relationship with my husband where my love for him is so unconditional. Like, no matter what he chooses, I'm going to love him. You know probably more for a lot of his brave choices. And part of that is not limiting each other sexually. Like we don't limit each other, you know, with, I mean, granted, there are some times where I'm like, you shouldn't eat that or like, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't do this to yourself. Or, you know, we have opinions, obviously we're married. Um, and we want what's best for each other. And sometimes we think we know what's best for the other person when we really don't. Um, but limiting each other sexually when we're both, so in agreement that, um, we are likely going to be unable to satisfy the other ones, every single desire and whim for the next 70 years. I mean, for the next 90 years, because I plan on living well past a hundred. Um, and I'd like to be having sex until then too. Um, longevity, NADs, you know, everything that we're doing, let's just hope that it all still works when I'm a hundred. And that. By the way,
0: STD rates are the highest in nursing homes.
1: Yes, they They, are. They
0: are the highest. Like they they have gotten over all their things, like all their preconceived things. And literally I've heard from like my friends that their parents are literally just banging everybody. Like it's literally like an orgy.
1: There are like so many cases of like chlamydia and syphilis and like all these crazy, I mean not that they're crazy. Um, no shame, you know, just like wrap it up though, guys, like you're old enough to know to use a condo <laughs> if you're 65, 70. Um, but it's funny, maybe they're thinking that like, you know, everyone, maybe they're thinking like they're the only ones. I mean, they live in such a close knit community, that doesn't make sense. They have to know like who's sleeping with who. But it's very telling. So that's such an interesting point. Because I do believe that the older we get, the more we become ourselves, the more we're tired of people pleasing or like coloring inside the lines or a fear of what other people think. And generally, if you think about old people, older people, they like don't give a shit. They're like, I've lived long enough to know that your opinion doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is like what I think about myself when I lay my head on the pillow at night. And so if you see that as like a trend, and notice that their sexual inhibitions are, you know, becoming more like less and less, um, then that's kind of a cool thing for maybe us to learn from. I mean, obviously we should be wrapping it up. Don't learn (laughs) how to like have rampant STDs in your community. But um, I think that it's cool to see that and to say, okay, well, why am I going to wait until I'm 70 to sort of live this way? If I have sexual desires, Especially let I me mean, do it now while I'm young and my boobies are still up here.
0: That's funny. Cause like you could see it at the beach too. The old people just don't care anymore. They're, they're the ones wearing the speedos. Everything's hanging out. They just don't care. You know? And I, I think that's what I take is like, I tell people turning 30 was the best, best time of my life. Right. Cause like, that's where I didn't really succumb to peer pressure. Like it's mm-hmm. when I quit drinking. It's when I started taking care of myself. And like even turning 40 has even been better. It's like now I I can tell people, I'm like, I'm selective with people, like I'm selective with my time. And so like literally like last week, I was telling people, hey, man, if you want to hang out more and I want to hang out more with you, join jujitsu because I'm going to be there almost every day.
1: I love that. Who did you say that to?
0: My friends here in Medellin. I'm like the best way to hang out with me is either come visit me in in the office or if we do jujitsu together. Well, you know so that's right. Yeah. you know and I think that's the thing is like is we've known each other for probably a little bit over 10 years or whatever it was and the thing is, is imagine like what our conversation was like when we were we were like younger I remember it's like what does this person think like are they okay like what like you know did we do something wrong and now it's just mm-hmm. like it's like it's just going up to them right and it's like going to source and saying hey is everything all right you just seem kind of off we love you uh, we shower them with love, right? Not judgment, mm-hmm. not fear or anything like that. And it's like, Hey, like, let's speak about this. Let's, you know, talk about it and talk it out. And even like living in Medellin is like, I see all these people have these like, you know, conflicts and they just escalate, escalate, escalate. And I'm just like, man, come on, let's just sit down at the table and let's go to source. And for people that don't understand go to sources, go direct to the person, mm-hmm. right? Let's not make assumptions, And if you guys haven't read the four agreements is like, I've been going over that book with my employees, man, it is, you know, be impeccable with your word. Um, Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. And I, damn, the fourth one is, 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 is going.
1: Oh, what is the fourth one? No, I love this book. Let me see.
0: Yeah. Always do your best. Be impeccable with your word. And then there's, I wish I have it hanging on my wall, by the
1: way. I'm literally looking it up. Oh, don't think, don't take anything personally.
0: That's the biggest one. That that is Mm -hmm. the biggest, of course. Like you know what I mean? It's 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 crazy. And so, like my life has become like. And don't don't get me wrong. Even when you live in this life, and I think there's a parallel between your sex life and your personal life, right?
1: Absolutely. And,
0: And for me, it's like I remember you know her husband and her like one day like seven years ago approached me and like Steve, like we see you going out to all these places. Like why don't you invite us? And I was like really I don't do any functions and it's the same conversation that my friends have here is they always see me at these functions. Right. But I'm not a guy that runs things. Like I'm not, I don't do events and I don't do dinners or anything like that is I'm just Mm -hmm. always invited. And and like, I remember looking at that. I was like, Oh my God, how much, you know, must my friends feel when they see me out here and I've never invited them anywhere. You know, meanwhile, Mm -hmm. like, I just don't want to bother people's times. And I think that's also in my, in my sex life is like where it's like, you know, I don't invite people in or I don't open that space up to to my significant other or something like that. And maybe it's more repressive or something like that. And so it's something that I've been taking a look at ever since we started, uh, you know, when you started this podcast, actually.
1: Oh, my God, that's amazing. I'm glad that that's like really inspired you. Um, Are you are you considering, you know, being a bit more open or explorative in your relationship? now because we've taught you, we've talked a lot about my relationship. And by the way, we've been friends for like 15 years, which is kind of crazy. You said 10 earlier. Um, But yeah, I'm curious, like, where do you stand? Because I know before you were like, not for me, I'm always going to be monogamous.
0: You know, like that's, that's the biggest fear that I have, right? So what my non-negotiables is, I'm just not ready for other men in, in the threesome. I'm just not ready. I'm not there yet. I know it's childish. I'm just like, I'm just not there yet. Yeah, I'm I'm not even ready for a significant other, you
1: know, like
0: when I sit here and I talk to girls, you know, I'm very upfront with them from day one, you know, from day one, Mm -hmm. we're having that conversation where it's like, if you expect me to be number one in my life, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, you know, and maybe that's not the right way to do it, but I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to do it. I'm just so busy. I have so many projects. I have a company. I'm living outside the country and I just have to be honest with them.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's great because you know where you are and you don't want to string anyone along. And I know that you'll probably continue to date in this way um, and just not really make that like big leap into commitment. Um, And I think that's really cool. I mean, as, you know, one of your friends who loves you, I want to see you happy and eventually like meeting someone that's fulfilling, but I know what it's like, you know, I mean, Steve, runs a nonprofit organization. Uh, Well, it's a community-led organization, not nonprofit status yet, but Feed the Barrios um, and also Empower the Barrios in Medellin. And um, my organization, Kind Footprint, has collaborated and will continue to collaborate with Feed the Barrios doing fundraisers for emergency food relief. They also fundraise to um, bring educational supplies and resources to the kids that are living in these barrios. And we've Collaborated on a lot of stuff, and I mean, everything you're doing there is amazing. I can't even begin to like encompass the impact that you've made in the short time that you've lived there. I mean, you guys have delivered almost two hundred thousand meals.
0: We just surpassed that, and that's why actually why I'm wearing this shirt is because we just did a video, a celebration video on it, and I was just too lazy to change. You know? Oh my
1: god! Congratulations! Uh, I mean, I think the work that you're doing is incredible. Um, and it's okay to go really hard in, in one direction, and then you know people say life is about balance, but it's really hard to walk directly in the middle. Um, and when you're really passionate about something, you you've got to strike on it. Um, just make sure you like take some vacations, Steve.
0: Oh, that that was August. I went out too much in August, you know. So I'm, I'm finding that balance and stuff like that. But I want I want I want to say something is like sometimes I feel like. I'm in a polyamorous relationship with Jess and Pasha, right? Like, even though there's no sex involved, there's no sex involved. It's like, one of the reasons I moved to Medellin is they were approaching their dreams. They were going after their dreams. And I remember they sat me down one day and they're like, what is it that you want? You know what I mean? Like, you've been talking about all this stuff, right? And, you know, and I remember in that conversation, I just remember, like, all the fear go away. I remember this is what I'm going to go after, and I think people have to realize it's like why I work so hard here is because I'm not the typical Medellin person who's running from something or didn't enjoy their life in America or something like that. You know, like I had an amazing life in America and I I, I gave it all up, you know, to pursue this. Right. And I think there's definitely correlations between that is, is, is like that and actually my my sex life, my relationship life and stuff like that is because people tell me all the time, it's like, you're scared of commitment. And I'm like, no, I understand commitment. It's like, when I say I do, and when I get married, it's like, I will follow all the rules. You know, I mean, I will be faithful unless we have a polyamorous relationship. It's like, I understand commitment. Right. And I think what it would like, I guess some of the fears that I have is like in a polyamorous relationship is probably, you know, could I provide for two or could I provide, you know, or is this other person going to do it better than me? Right. And I think when we talk about, I I don't know if it's more about jealousy, but I think it's more about fear for me. If my girl is happy, I'm good. You know, but if I need something and she's not there.
1: Yeah. Or vice versa. I think that's such an interesting Thing to hear because, in one token, you said, you know, well, earlier too, um, which I thought was interesting, you said you thought it was childish that you're not ready for like a threesome with a woman and another man. And like, it's uh, curious to me that you use the term childish because I think those are just like limitations that either you've set for yourself or things that society has projected on you, or just maybe like a really strong preference. But, you know, if you've ever broken it down. Who knows what's under that? Um, But I wouldn't call it childish. I would just say, if it is something you want to explore, you're not, you haven't yet evolved to that place. Um, But here, you know, you kind of just said two like distinctly different thoughts in the same thread of like, you know, how do I know that someone's not going to do it better than me? And that's a huge fear that you have. But in the same token, if you're not around to is your partner and someone else is like, you want them to be happy. And I love that you can hold space for both of those things, which most people would see as a complete difference or competing thought, like in the same brain. And I think that's like such a, you know, a token to how much you're a critical thinker and you're really open because many people do have those two sides or opposing thoughts and they don't know which one is going to pop up while they're Watching an experience happen or hearing an experience, hearing about it like played back to them, maybe from their partner. Um, and there are many people who are polyamorous or non-monogamous who sort of have a "don't ask, don't tell," or they let their partner know they had an experience, but their partner doesn't want to know the details. Um, which is different than Pasha and I. We like share everything, and we get really excited for each other. Um, but to I've kind been of come there back, when you're there, talking
0: about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I've mean, we there. love it. We love it. I I've been there. It's like, it's very much a turn on for us. Um, and it's like great content and sometimes foreplay. Um, I very much knew, I think even before the first experience happened, that I would be really excited to like watch um, him and another woman. Um, and then, you know, lucky for us, we just like have that same sort of excitement level and we just really are happy about the other person. Being fulfilled um and if I can just share this with you, it's like um and i've I've shared this before, but it's so worth saying again, if you can get to a level where you understand that your partner being pleased by someone else takes nothing away from your ability or takes sort of no stock away from who you are, it takes no value off of you at all um you know, from my perspective, it almost makes my partner more valuable because wouldn't I want to spend my life with somebody who allows me to be free and express myself the way that I want to. Um, so he, he does become more valuable in my eyes because of the freedom that we allow each other. Um, and so I hope that like people listening hear that, you know, and, and not everybody's ready for it. I'm not saying that this is the best way or the only way. This is what works for me. But yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that you could hold both of those thoughts, but also to know that, you know, just because somebody shares love with somebody else, it doesn't take anything away from how much they love you. Like that's a, that's like a scarcity mindset that many of us unfortunately have and have been taught and gifted and born into this like scarcity, um, economy of like competition and capitalism, but it's not really the truth of the matter, especially when it comes to love. Because it's energy and it actually only expands. And when I like have those experiences with another person, I come home and I'm like so excited and fulfilled. And I'm like spilling over that. Like, who do you think ends up with all that? Like extra goodness and excitement, Tasha. And many people um, are, I think, waking up to the fact that like, there are so many other ways to do relationships and not just meaning like monogamous or poly, but I mean, just so many ways to have partners in life, um, have really rich relationships and people that fill so many different needs um, for you that don't have to be sexual. That's a wrap, you guys. And it was so much fun. Please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple. Tell us what you loved about the show and make sure you're following Open Late, the podcast on Instagram.